0: guys, welcome to the American Sports Podcast. It's Sam here today. A little bit of football talk for you. I'm doing a podcast by myself. I did a football preview by myself last year. Had some good fun with that. And we're back with it again, except a little different. I will explain that very soon, but I want to knock something out right away. We switched the podcast over to Anchor, a service made by Spotify which, you know, it's it's much more user-friendly for us podcasters than SoundCloud was because it's free, first of all, and monetization is also much easier. So check them out. I believe there will be an Anchor ad probably in the middle of this. Some, somewhere in this podcast there will be an Anchor ad, and that is just because we made the switch, and we're very happy about that. So... So that means the podcast will be on Anchor itself. It will also be on Spotify as it always was, and same with Apple Podcasts, as well as a ton of other smaller platforms that I'm very happy very happy to have the American Sports Podcast on. So without further ado, let me explain my podcast NFL preview. <clears throat> we're going division by division and we're breaking down rosters pretty much and I mean, given our record predictions, breaking down rosters, basically going over each team in full. Because I don't, I, I, at first I wanted to do one big one for all the teams, and I realized that, you know, I wouldn't be able to fit it into a reasonable amount of time. So I wanted to divide it into each division, and we're starting off with the AFC East today. And for each team, this I expect this to be about 20 minutes. By the way, we'll see how long it is. Um, we're going to do basically a full breakdown of, a, of each team. We're sacrificing one big podcast for a bunch of little ones so we can go very in-depth with you guys. And I don't even have notes in front of me, man. This is this is all off the cusp. Uh, I'm going to display my football knowledge right here. All I have in front of me is my record predictions for each team. I uh, may be referencing our labs for death charts a little bit, maybe for specific numbers. I don't know, but... We'll see, and we'll get right into it. So we've got the AFC East today. That's our first division. We're just going to go down the AFC and then down the NFC, and then I'm going to do one big podcast with the boys with our playoff predictions and other hot topics. So got the AFC East, and we're going to go bottom to top. And I've got the New York Jets finishing last in the division. And by the way, I would like to go over each part of the team give my record prediction uh their seed and stuff like that going over their roster a little bit maybe some fantasy talk after that and some draft talk 2021 draft talk after that a little bit you know or 2021 off season maybe so it's going to be a good time for sure and we're starting off with the jets because i've them finishing last in the afc east at 3 and 13 also known as the 15th Uh, Seed in the AFC and I use playoffpredictors.com for my predictions And it just makes it easier because it gives you each game each and every game from the NFL season and you pick the winner of each game So these are actual possible Standings predictions in years past, you know, I just write them up probably impossible And then you know probably the entirety of the standings could be impossible But this is entirely possible what I'm presenting to you right now. So I recommend Playoff Predictors. It's not sponsored or anything, but I do recommend. So I have the Jets finishing last, 3-13, 15th seed. And, you know, it was looking up for the Jets, in my opinion. I thought they were going to go 7-9 and before Jamal Adams was traded, before C.J. Mosley opted out. Those were the two biggest difference makers on the defense for sure. Both gone, even though Mosley didn't play last year. Still is such a blow. And I thought Sam Darnold would have a better chance to succeed since he went 7-6 and six last year when he started. I thought we could expect a 7-9 season. I'm not thinking that anymore after the Seahawks trade and after Mosley gone. I mean, I just think the energy in that locker room won't be too great with Adam Gase. I don't think there's a lot of respect there. And I think he's probably going to be out after this season, honestly. I mean, looks like they hired the wrong guy from the get-go. At least they have a very good young GM in Joe Douglas, though, who's who made a nice Jamal Adams trade, had a nice 2020 draft. Let's get into their roster a little bit. I want Sam Donald to succeed, honestly, because he's been uh, hated on a lot the past two years, I would say. But he really does not have the means to. The receiving core is... Probably one of the worst in the league. Denzel Mims, they're going to have to expect a lot from him as a rookie. And Bashad Perriman, but outside of that, oh, and Jameson Crowder as well. But those three guys are very lackluster. None of them are, well, Mims could be very good, but none of them are elite playmakers. I'll just say that. And he's got Le'Veon Bell in the backfield who, you know, I think there could be some fire to his game after all that beef with Jamal. I feel like he could be looking for a huge bounce back. But I don't see it happening with that uh, that O line. Even though they did make some additions on the O line, including Mackay Becton, their first first rounder. But I don't think enough to put Le'Veon Bell over the top. And I don't know. I just I wish Le'Veon could have that bounce back season after and you know shove it to Lamal uh, Lamal Jamal after their Twitter beef. But I don't think that's gonna happen. At least to the extent that I want it to. So anyhow, that's basically their offense right there. Also Chris Herndon, the tight end. We'll give him that shout out. Defense probably is even worse now that CJ Mosley and Jamal Adams are gone. They're adding Brad McDougal to their safety tandem. Uh, it'll be it'll be Marcus May and McDougal. But outside of that, they need cornerbacks, they need edge rushers. They're gonna need some middle uh, interior linebacking. Avery Williamson will hopefully be back in full. But Mosley opted out. And they're going to need a huge season from Quinn and Williams if they're even going to compete. That's 100% sure. So very lackluster roster after losing their best player. And I don't see a great season from them at all. In terms of fantasy, uh, Le'Veon's really the only viable guy, I would say, at this point. And even then... I don't think he's to be trusted because of the lack of talent around him, I would say. And he's getting up there in age. He's probably close to 30. I don't actually know his exact age, but once he get off that rookie deal, it gets a little bit harder to trust the running backs in terms of fantasy value. So he'll get touches, though. He'll get touches, though. So you can can trust that. If he can get more receptions this year, then he'll be probably... In 12-team leagues, he'll probably be – he'd be a great flex for 12-team leagues, borderline RB2, I would say. So, Jets are out of the way, and I was like, oh, yeah, 2021 draft. They have two first-round picks, and they got three premium positions of need, wide receiver, cornerback, and edge, and they've got to invest two of those picks in – They've got to invest in two of those three positions with those picks, I would say. You know, looking at Jamar Chase, possibly, if they finish really low. Gregory Russo. Uh, then late-round wide receivers, if the Seahawks get a late-round or give them a late-round pick. You're looking at guys like uh, Devontae Smith, Rondo Moore. Don't know how much Jalen Waddell will fall, but Overshad oh, Bateman. Just guys like that that you're looking at for receiver. I think it's most likely they take an edge rusher and a receiver in the first round because well no they could take they could definitely take a cornerback like Caleb Farley Sean Wade Sean Wade guys like that I don't think Patrick Sertain would fall to them but they could definitely take a corner I think I think we're gonna see them invest in two of those three positions next in next year's draft though probably three out of three with the second or third rounder as well. So, there's the Jets, 3-13. Third in the division, I have the Miami Dolphins finishing 6-10, and 10, which I believe would be either a one-game improvement or no improvement at all from last season. That's the 12th seed in the AFC, and the reason being is that, I mean, this is tough because... I'm projecting that Tua Tagovailoa will not play at all. I just don't see a reason that Brian Flores should do that. Honestly, like, unless Tua's begging him to play, I don't see that being a logical course of action for them to even play Tua besides like the last two or three weeks of the season, because Tua gets Tua's injury prone. You know, it hasn't just been that hip, and Alabama had an amazing O line. And he still was getting hurt. And the Dolphins have a terrible offensive line. And so, if he he I would bet that he would get hurt if he started a prolonged amount of time in the 2020 season, honestly. So, I'm not doing that if I'm Brian Flores. I'm just sitting him until, like, week 16 or 17. That's what I'm doing. I'm going with Fitzmagic or Rosen for the entirety of the season. And... You know, maybe Fitzpatrick can do something good, but I think we could see another tanking season, although they did make some very good defensive additions. And we'll go over their roster. It's Tua Rosen and Fitzmagic at quarterback. Running back, they they recently got Jordan Howard and Matt Breida. So those guys will be a committee, I guess. And receivers... I think they had Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns opt out, so it's mostly going to be Devonte Parker. We'll see if he can have an encore for that great 2019 season. Mike Gesicki will be back, and not a very good O-line. They didn't improve it a bit, though. I believe they signed Eric Flowers and Ted Karras, as well as drafting Austin Jackson. But uh, Jackson's pretty raw, and that O-line would not protect Tua to... A degree that I would be confident in him not getting injured, is what I'll say. So, not a very good offense, and but their defense is good. Their defense is very good. Byron Jones, uh, no Igbinogunin and Xavier Howard. They highlight the cornerback group, which is the best unit on their football team. You know Brian Flores is building the defense that he likes, which it's great for the future. But until they have a they build a great offense against uh, a round two, uh, probably won't make the playoffs. But for the record, they've got Kyle Van Noy, uh, Christian Wilkins. Emmanuel, they added Emmanuel Ogba and Shaq Lawson to the D-line. Van Noy, Van Noy was a big signing. I think uh, Brian Flores definitely loved that because he was a former Patriot, and Flores was the Pats' former D.C., Safety is probably the biggest need for the Dolphins on their defensive side of the ball. But they get two first-round picks to remedy, well, one from the Texans, one of their own, to remedy some of their needs. So, 6-10 and 10 sounds about right. Uh, they could honestly be better, but I don't think they'll be looking to compete this year. I don't think so. I don't think in Tua's rookie year they need to at all. So, that's what I'm doing if I'm Brian Flores. Fantasy. Devontae Parker's a little bit tricky because last year it could have been a fluke season. It could have been. I mean, there may not be as much continuity with Ryan Fitzpatrick if Tua takes over. So Devontae Parker is still a bit risky, even though he's gonna get a good target share. But I think I think he'll be I think he could get to wide receiver two status in deep leagues, because he's very talented. You saw him burn Stefan Gilmore. But he's really the only fantasy-viable guy. I mean, Mike Kosicki maybe a little bit. Maybe Breida or Howard breaks out. And uh, I would I would bet that Breida would break out over Jordan Howard uh, rather than vice versa. So maybe stash Breida if you've got a deep league. But otherwise, not the best fan... Uh, team in terms of fantasy, I would say. Maybe they'll get a lot of picks though. Maybe their defense will help, especially when they're playing teams like the Jets twice a year. Maybe they're a waiver wire pickup. I don't know. You could do that for sure. And Josh Allen hasn't been super accurate. Cam Newton, maybe not the most accurate. So good divisional games in terms of possible interceptions. So I'll say that about the Dolphins fantasy prospects. And as I said before, they've got two first-rounders, one from the Texans, one of their own. I expect one will be in the top 10, and the other will probably be top 20 or so, something like that. And that would lead them to take probably Gregory Russo could be on the table for their edge. They need an elite edge rusher if they get a top-five pick. Um, Micah Parsons could be on the table if they're a little bit outside that. But I say if they're in the late tens, they probably take a wide receiver like Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddell. They would have continuity with Tua Tagovailoa from Alabama. That would be that would be great because Devontae Smith was actually the guy who caught Tua's famous pass or famous game-winning pass against Georgia in the national championship. So that would be pretty cool. And the, it, with their next pick, they could obviously take a wide receiver if they went defense first one. But always looking for O-linemen, I would say, is what they're going to need to do to protect Tua. And so, yeah, I think I, I have them going 6-10. and 10. Uh, Yeah, I mean, and Patrick Mahomes sat out his first year and is now the highest-paid player in sports, basically, and pretty much the best quarterback in the NFL. So I don't think that that would hurt Tua at all. I really don't. That's what I would do if I was Brian Flores. So anyhow, I've got the New England Patriots finishing second in the division, also at 6-10. and 10. I don't know why the Pats won that tiebreaker, but they did. They're the 11th seed in the AFC. And I actually had the faith in some, I had some faith in the Patriots going like 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven, maybe even in the 10 wins before they had all those opt-outs. Those opt-outs killed them. I thought Cam could take them. Possibly to the playoffs, and then the opt-outs just killed my uh, faith in them. Even though I'm a Patriots fan, I just – those opt-outs really killed us, and that sucks because Dante Hightower is crucial to our team. Patrick Chung, also very crucial, and Marcus Cannon, that I don't even know who's going to step in and right tackle for us. Probably probably Yannick Kajust, I believe that's what the word on the street is. I think he's a second second year player, second or third year player, out of West Virginia. So, I, I'll just go over the roster now, honestly, because it upsets me just talking about all those opt outs. But um, Cam Newton is the new face of the franchise. I don't I don't know what to expect from him in terms of production, but I think we're going to be running the ball a lot. That's what I'll say because we've got. Damian Harris, Rex Burkhead, Sony Michelle, and James White out of the backfield, all splitting carries or receptions. So, I think between Cam and those four, we're going to be run the ball a lot. And then when we pass it, it'll probably be to Julian Edelman, hopefully to last year's first rounder, Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers, and the guy we traded for, Mohamed Sanu. The O-line should have been one of the best in the league, and then Marcus Cannon just decided to opt out. But we still have one of the best interior O-lines in the league, being Joe Tooney, Shaq Mason, and David Andrews. Hopefully Andrews can return to form after he missed all of last year. But that's that's probably about as good of an interior O-line that you'll find in the league, pretty much. And left tackle Isaiah Wynn is also very good. Tight ends, hopefully Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene can uh, do well in their rookie years. Hopefully one of them can break out. Uh, but on defense, I'm actually very worried about the defense, even though we were one of the best defenses last year. Our secondary is still good. Stephon Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones, Jason McCordy, our cornerbacks, and the loss of Patrick hurts, But hopefully Kyle Duggar, our, our early second-round pick, can step in. Uh, in that role, along with Devin McCourty, who will be our free safety. And the front seven is what I'm worried about. Because we lost Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins, Danny Shelton, and Elandon Roberts, too. And Dante Hightower opts out. So we are paper thin at linebacker. Juwan Bentley, young guy, and our rookies Josh Uche and Anthony Jennings better step up. And we're also paper thin on the D-line, even though we signed Bo Allen, Hopefully, Chase Winovich can be something special off the edge. But I think teams will probably decimate us on the ground. I mean, as Derek Henry already did in the wild card last year, which that's my fear. So, unfortunately, I had to put my Patriots at 6-10. and 10. Um, You know, maybe Bill will turn the ship, well, not turn the ship around, keep the ship going with Cam Newton. And hopefully, I would love to see us make playoffs. I hope I'm dead wrong here. I hope I'm dead wrong, for the record. So in terms of fantasy, I don't think you can trust one of our running backs. Maybe James White in PPR is your best bet because of all the receptions he gets out of the backfield. Cam Newton's used to throwing to running backs with Christian McCaffrey in Carolina, so I do like James White a bit. Cam Newton, ah. Uh, it's a bit unsure what his fantasy value can be as we haven't seen Bill scheme for an actual running quarterback ever. We have never seen that because Tom Brady was incapable of doing that in his twenty years as a patriot, even though we loved him. And still love him because he's still he's still my GOAT, of course. But I don't know what that means for Cam, honestly, so you can I would I would stash him as a QB two if you're in a deep league, but otherwise And watch him on the waivers as well. Watch him there. And receivers, Julian Edelman has been getting in work with Cam, so I like Julian Edelman's floor. Well, actually his floor isn't super stable with a new quarterback, but I do like his ceiling for sure. Even though he's in his 30s, I do like his ceiling. And outside of that, I don't think any of our receivers will be super viable unless Nikhil Harry can establish himself as a true red zone beast. We'll see. We'll see there. Um, and our, the Pats defense in your fantasy league will generate picks, so definitely definitely worth a selection in your draft, I would say. And then in terms of our draft, we could end up drafting a new signal caller next year if we get a high pick. That's possible. We could also draft a new wide receiver, draft a linebacker or D-lineman. So plenty of options that we'll have in next year's draft Hopefully Bill gets it right. So yeah, six and ten for my New England Patriots. It hurts, but it is what it is. Finally, finishing first in the AFC East, we got the Buffalo Bills at nine and seven. They had a really easy schedule last year, went about ten I think ten and six, and made the playoffs for the first time in a while probably but sean mcdermott is a very good coach and they're a good team harder schedule so i had them finishing one game worse but in a week AFC, east they should at least make the playoffs and they've got a good chance to win the division i would say so anyhow their offense featured by josh allen who has ran the ball very well as a quarterback in the nfl and if he can get elite accuracy, which I'm, which it looks like he's been working on, I think he's self-aware, as Brendan Bean has stated. Uh, he could be elite for sure. Running backs: Devin Singletary is joined by rookie Zach Moss, who will eat up some uh, some red zone touches. But uh, Singletary should be the lead back. They add Stephon Diggs to a receiving core of. John Brown and Cole Beasley, so Brown and Diggs will stretch the field. Beasley will be in the slot, but I think they'll probably use Diggs for more than just stretching the field like he did with the Vikings, uh, and he, he could be very good this year, I would say. Tight end, they have Dawson Knox and Tyler Croft, I believe, and their own line is pretty good. They recently extended deep left tackle Deion Dawkins. They, re-signed, or they signed Mitch Morse either this, I think probably last offseason, but overall solid offense their defense is probably better though on the d line they've got second year player ed oliver who i think will be an absolute beast edge is probably their biggest need right now but they've got linebackers to make up for it in matt milano and young stud tremaine edmonds and then their secondary is probably the secondary is very good as well. Tradavius White, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. They signed Josh Norman, Levy Wallace there as well. And a great safety tandem in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. So the difference makers. I think Ed Oliver will be Tremaine Edmonds, great young player. Tradavius White, great young player. Micah Hyde, great young vet uh, not young veteran. Uh, great veteran for that defense. So they've drafted very well with Tremaine, Tredavious, and Ed Oliver. Those were all first-round picks, so they've done a nice job with that defense for sure. Kudos to Brandon Bean Sean McDerm- and Sean McDermott for drafting well. So f- in terms of fantasy, I think Josh Allen could be a very good fantasy QB because he gets all those running, rushing touchdowns, and if he passes for more yards – And is more accurate with Stephon Diggs there. I think he'll be very probably a top 10 fantasy quarterback at least. Running the ball. Singletary should have been a breakaway candidate. Or a big sleeper candidate. And then they drafted Zach Moss who could steal some red zone touches. But I still think Singletary will be a nice sleeper. Could definitely rush for 1,000 yards. Probably get like five touchdowns or so five to seven i would say with zach moss there and then stefan diggs i think could be very good for fantasy you know it's kind of high risk high reward really depends on how they use him, and also depends on josh allen's arm outside of that not the best the bills defense could be a nice pickup though um but we don't really focus on the defense too much in fantasy do we and for their draft, they should take either an edge player or a cornerback with likely a late first or mid to late first-round pick in the 2021 draft. Could be a guy like Caleb Farley. Could be a guy like Paulson Adebo. Could be a guy like Tyson Campbell, or an edge guy like Quincy Roach, Aiden Hutchinson, somebody like that. Look them up if you're a Bills fan. And I have them finishing nine and seven. That would be the fourth seed making the playoffs and winning the AFC East. So that just about wraps up this nice NFL preview pod. Took 25 minutes, so or probably more than that now, but showing up as 25 on my screen right now. So yeah, I think I made the right decision to split up this uh, NFL preview into divisions because we took all the time we needed, and I'm glad for that. So As always, follow this, uh, you know, get us going on Anchor and all that kind of thing, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Those help. We've got two five-star reviews so far. So go to the Anchor, uh, go to my Anchor page, then click on Apple Podcasts. Leave a a hopefully positive review, but leave whatever review that you want to. I appreciate positive ones, though, for sure. So anyhow, check out the blog, americansports.blog. Reminder, we're off SoundCloud for the podcast, so don't go looking there for this pod. Go looking on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor. And so follow the Instagram, American Sports blog, Twitter, at americansportsn. So we'll see you guys at the AFC North preview, and hope you enjoyed listening. Peace out.